Hey there. Welcome back to Overtime. This is the sports podcast hosted by the Lipscomb University Sports Announcing Class. Led by our professor, Aaron Birch, Jason Southall, Connor Owens, Gracie Simpson, and myself, Sam Phelan, break down all of sports action this week. From high school football in the Middle Tennessee area to the top stories headlining professional sporting leagues. Please buckle up. Thank you for joining us and get ready for Overtime. No interview this week, so we're going to hop right into Helmet to Helmet. Welcome to the second episode of Helmet to Helmet. My name is Jason Salvo. I'm Connor Owen. And, uh, well, you know, we have better audio this time. A lot better audio than what we did last time, because we were on Zoom. But we have a bunch of games to run through this week. Connor, would you like to go ahead and start with the high school? A big week last week in high school football. Big week last week in high school football. Um, before I get into all the games, I just wanted to say my games of the week that I predicted last week went 3-0. and Honestly, wasn't really uh, expecting that, but hey, I'll take it. Um, we'll get into those real quick. The CPA Lions go into BGA and get a big 35-10 to win. Davidson Academy defeats Franklin Road Academy. 40 to 28 Brentwood behind John House Walker Mer- Walker Merrill and Kay Granzo go into arch rival their arch rival Ravenwood and get a 28 to 21 win in overtime now other games from across the state of Tennessee the Springfield Yellow Jackets defeat White House High School 48 to 24 Henry County after a big 55 to 17 loss to Brentwood last week they beat Clarksville High School 55 to 7. Lipscomb Academy goes into good pasture and gets a 45 to 13 win. Brentwood Academy defeats Father Ryan 34 to 21. Nashville Christian beats Columbia Academy 21 to 6. Wilson or excuse me, Mount Juliet barely survives Wilson Central. They win that game 10 to 7. Christian Brothers goes into JP2 and wins 45 to 21. Centennial Beats Dixon County 22-14, to and i got to tell you one thing about that. I can already tell, just at looking at, just at, looking at that score, mm-hmm. Centennial is going to suck this year. <laughs> because Dixon County, every team that plays Dixon County smothers them. Mm-hmm. Usually Centennial's good. So if you go into Dixon County and you win by eight, you're not good. Mm-hmm. So Centennial defeats Dixon County once again 22-14. to And Collierville goes into Gallatin and wins that game 20 to 19. See, now I don't know how good Collierville is, but you know, I'm close to Gallatin, so of course I always have to think that they're going to win just because they beat us every year. But, you know, was that a surprise to you or was it was a pretty big surprise to me because two of the past 3 weeks for Collierville, uh they got wins because of COVID. They didn't play anybody, so they automatically win. I uh, think, I uh, forgot who they played last week, but that was a normal game, and they picked up a win. They're two, I think they're three and two now, and I think that was Gallatin's first loss of the mm-hmm. season, and it's to Collierville. So a lot of uh, a lot of changes need to be made for Gallatin this week. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, go ahead and tell me your high school games of the week this week. Big time games this week. I'll start from three, and I'll make my way to number one. Sounds good to me. Uh, the NBA Big Red. Uh, barely survives Memphis University School last week, 30-27. to 27. They go into rival Innsworth. That's going to be a big-time game. Uh, number two, Brentwood 
goes into CPA. Once again, behind John House, like I mentioned last week, released his top six, Walker Merrill, Walker Merrill, I should, uh, excuse me, uh, Tennessee commit. John House's top six, big-time schools in there, Boston College, Kansas, Mississippi State, Nebraska, Michigan, and Vanderbilt. He has family up in Michigan, mm-hmm. so he said he's going to make a decision soon, so I would not be surprised if it's, if it's Michigan. But being a Vanderbilt fan, you'd love to pick up to one of the top corners in the state in John House. I'm assuming you hope he just commits to Vanderbilt and leaves early and goes there. No, practices if he spring. goes to Vanderbilt, I hope he stays all four years because we're going to need him. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that later. And then the number one game of the week is a game that will be on national TV, ESPNU. Ravenwood hosting the number one high school in the country, IMG Academy. It's going to be a manslaughter. I, I see nothing good coming out of that game for Ravenwood except exposure because yeah. they'll be on ESPNU. Yeah. But IMG Academy is another level when it comes to high school football. Every single player on that team is a five-star. Oh, yeah. There's no way that Ravenwood has a chance. If they do, it's going to be amazing. We'll probably spend all episode next week talking about it. The best, the best player for Ravenwood is their tight end. I don't remember his name, <laughs> but he's the number one tight end in the country. Mm-hmm. He's committed to Clemson. That's pretty much all they got. I wonder what made IMG Academy choose Ravenwood. Uh, I it? think Ravenwood chose IMG Academy. Oh, no. Which was a mistake <laughs> for head coach Matt Daniels. Um, they played, uh, I think it was Blackman a couple of weeks ago. That was their Saturday game. Mm-hmm. And in his post-game talk to the team, he said, hey, we're playing IMG Academy in three weeks. Hmm. Which, wow. to me, three weeks to get ready for the number one high school in the country is not enough. No, especially, like, if it was a, say, actually, what team do you think would even have a chance against IMG Academy in Tennessee? Or at least Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee? Mm-hmm. Um, Oakland. I mean, yeah. Brentwood. Um and uh, I would say Independence, but they're not really that good this year. Um, that's about it. Brentwood and Oakland. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, going up to my Sumner County, I was like, well, you know, maybe Beach. I'm like, no, Beach would be the best team in Sumner County that I think would stand a chance against IMG Academy. Oh, who am I kidding? It's IMG Academy. <laughs> I don't think any team. Um... Heritage there, okay. Oh, Heritage is in Robertson County, though. That is true. Yep. So, uh, what what picks do you have for this week? Um, once again, I'll start with number three, and I'll make my way to number one. Um, when it comes to NBA Emsworth, I don't really know that much. Okay, let's start over again. I had the uh, speakers on. Yeah, I heard myself. That's what, I th- that's what threw me off at first. I said, so what? And then I heard myself say it back. So I was like, ah. I don't know how I feel about that one. So go ahead and tell me your picks for the week. Um. So once again, uh, like I named them, I'll go from number three to number one. Sounds good. Uh, when it comes to NBA and Innsworth, I don't really know that much about either one. Mm-hmm. I know Innsworth lost to CPA a couple weeks ago. That's pretty much it. Um, and I know, actually I do know that uh, NBA's quarterback um, is the son of... <laughs> Tennessee State's head football coach, and uh, he led them to the state championship game as a freshman last year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I might have to be biased because my dad used to work in NBA. <laughs> so, um, ah, yes. <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> Didn't you do that last week too? Yeah, uh, for two of them, yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with NBA. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game, but yeah, I'm going to go with NBA. Gotcha. Um, number two. Here we go again. Um, Brent was CPA. Uh, I wonder what he's going to pick. Um, you guessed it, Brent was. Um, even though CPA does have a really good football team, um, I just think John House, Walker Merrill, Kate Granzo, uh, their kicker is pretty good, even though their kicker's missed the first couple weeks because he's in the finals of America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go Brentwood on that one. Um, and then IMG Academy and Ravenwood, no bias here. Um, but I'm going to go with IMG Academy. Uh, what? Why not Ravenwood? <laughs> you think I should go Ravenwood? Go ahead, do it. If you're going to do it, do it. I want to be sane, so I'm going to go <laughs> with IMG Academy by... This is the only game that I'm going to say an actual point prediction um i'm gonna say img academy by at least 40 see i never make high school projections anything like that never have but i will for this game img academy by an excessive amount of points i think it'll be over by the end of the first quarter (laughs) Ike, just like the college games that we've seen the past couple weeks i would not be surprised if matt daniels Goes into IMG's locker room at halftime and says, "Hey, can we shorten the second half? Because <laughs> uh, it has happened. Yeah, uh, it did happen. Yeah, uh, Citadel, Citadel played Clemson. Did Citadel do it as well. They wanted to. Uh, actually, Dabo went to their coach and said, "Hey, you want to shorten the second half?" They said no. <laughs> and look at they held Clemson they to zero score. points that yeah. week. Forty-nine Clemson to nothing. Didn't score after this. Whenever the second half started. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens with Ravenwood. We'll go ahead and talk your game first. Let's do it. Um, we're going to do this first so I can just get it out. Okay. Um, Vanderbilt. Poor, poor Vanderbilt. I think the two schools that in the SEC that are starting out with the worst game, Vanderbilt and Missouri. <laughs> well, what about Arkansas? They're playing Georgia. Georgia's not Alabama. Georgia beat Alabama. <laughs> but they lost a heck full of talent. Alabama, they breed talent, you know. Mm-hmm. They Alabama recruits players into fifth grade, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll get into Vanderbilt. Go ahead. Go ahead. You've, you've already got the floor. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Going into Texas A&M for the first week of the season. Yeah. Oh, brother. Um, you get to Dan- see the Aggies. Huh? You get to see the Texas A&M Aggies yeah. first week. I like seeing them when they're not playing Vanderbilt, <laughs> you know. But when they're playing Vanderbilt and they're playing Derek Mason. I'll talk about Derek Mason for a second. I have a whole page full of notes here on Derek Mason. This is his seventh season as Vanderbilt's head coach. And Jason, you looked up his record earlier. A you solid wanna... twenty-seven and forty-seven. <laughs> Not bad. Oh, glorious! It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I'm a Tennessee fan. That's great for me. <laughs> it's his seventh season at Vanderbilt. 
He has a losing record. He can't recruit worth a crap. I think his highest I think his highest rated player that he brought in this year is barely a four star. Talent. Not that great. Um he's 0-2 in bowl games. And when I say that, I mean he gets his butt absolutely spanked in bowl games. Um, the in my opinion, the best thing he's done at Vanderbilt is beat Tennessee three years in a row. He was the first. He's the first Vanderbilt head football coach to beat Tennessee back back to back since I think it was the 1920s. So a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And the one thing for the past three or four years, Vanderbilt fans have wanted him gone. His debut game as a head coach was against Temple, and he lost. I remember that. I was... They want. I, they wanted him gone then. <laughs> That's how we. The number about one. Dooley. You bring in the number one defensive coordinator in the country from Stanford. You think he knows how to coach? <laughs> Apparently not. Um, the it's... one thing that I think will keep him here in 2021. It's his buyout. Yeah. He's. I know it's a private school, but I looked this up earlier because I was curious because somebody's going to have it. You know how much money he's making at Vanderbilt? Mm. How much? $3.5 million a year. <laughs> his buyout, if I had to guess, is somewhere in the range of 7 to $9 million. Now, where does that put him with SEC coaches? Do you know? Um, probably, probably dead last because he he loves being dead last and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they go. go into Texas A and M. Man, that felt good getting that out. Um, <laughs> You'll be much happier person when we leave today. <laughs> I'm smiling right now. Um, so, Jason, yeah, I talked about Vanderbilt and our mm-hmm. struggles. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, over the past few years, they've looked pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. But this year, they go into week one, the number 21 team in the country, against Will Muschamp in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, uh, we're 16 now, surprisingly. I don't know how. We went from 15 to 16. How can you not play a game and bump up five spots? You know what we bumped up the first week? When, oh, yeah, you are like 15. We were 25th, then we went 15th, then we were 16th. But we have a ton of players coming back. Derek Garantano's going to be back, or it's Garantano. Y'all's offensive line is scary. Well, if Cade Mays comes in, it's going to be even scarier. Yeah, he, he, cur- he got cleared last week, so he We're currently waiting on SEC clearance which may or may not happen before the first game. But from what we know last year with uh, Euros Plasovic, whatever is how you say his last name, for the Tennessee basketball team, it could be four or five games in before he gets cleared. Last year, we had maybe four or five people starting offense, defense, that were freshmen because they had to. This year, we don't have any freshmen starting just because they have to. We have experience. We have talent. I wish we had Juwan Jennings still because I don't. I know. No one no one wants him back, but we do. His and highlight of his senior year was in was in the Vandy game and somebody I forgot who it was on Vanderbilt was just laying on the ground after a play 
Jawan Jennings comes up to him, stomps him in the head. Mm-hmm. Not a single punch. I mean, he sat out, like, what, the first quarter of the ball game? Uh, no, first half. First half? He sat out the first half of the ball game. He was lucky he got even that. Yeah, oh, I, you know, I'm kind of not surprised. I mean, it was I, – I don't think I remember watching that moment. I know what you're talking about, but I don't really remember it clear, so I can't really say anything too much on it. Uh, but he does – if because like, I know he did do it. I know he did deserve to miss a little bit of time. But with it being, say, last game, I think they just went, okay, well, we'll give you a half. Because, I mean, what would you expect if it was an Alabama player or, say, a Georgia player or a Texas A&M player? They do the exact same thing. That's true. Um, It's just one of those things where they're going to try and protect the teams that they have in the bowl games and give them the best players that they can if it's nothing too bad. But I'm going to stop you right there because – I love, as a person, I love Derek Mason. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to Derek Mason for a second. Then I'll let you finish what you were saying because I just thought of something. This morning, I was just curious. Mm-hmm. Being a Vanderbilt fan, we're always curious about our head coach. Mm-hmm. So I looked up the hot seat rankings, try to see where Derek Mason was, mm-hmm. and I found two websites, totally different hot seats, totally different coaches, except for one man. <laughs> Do you know who that man was? I'm pretty sure I know who that man was. That man. Oh, he was our skipper, Derek Mason. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Vanderbilt fans want him gone. There's there's no hiding that. I know you want him gone. <laughs> oh, more than I can say. Yeah. Um. What do you think... I just want your opinion on this. I'm not going to get into that because I'll be talking for three hours. Go ahead. In your opinion, what does Derek Mason have to do to stay? Win. Win more than one or two conference games this year. I think their over-under is two games. Yeah, and I I think it was the football power index for ESPN. I think it had them at 1.4 wins, so between one and two. I think he needs to win at least three, maybe four. And if he does that, then he's going to be carried out by his team in a celebratory gesture because they beat three or four SEC teams. Um, I, I think that would be one of the only ways he could save himself. And I mentioned his buyout could be a reason he stays, but I just thought of something else. Go ahead. Vanderbilt... No team has ever played 10 conference games in a row. Mm-hmm. So every coach, whether you suck or or whether you're one of the best, they have a problem this season because usually the first two, three weeks of the season, you're playing cupcakes. But in Vanderbilt's case, there is no such thing as cupcakes. I mean, heck, we lost UNLV a couple years ago. Actually, that was last year. I was sitting at a restaurant in Knoxville after the – Tennessee Mississippi State game watching the glorious thing unfold on the TV in front of me. What's worse in your opinion, <laughs> Vanderbilt losing to UNLV or Tennessee losing to BYU and Georgia State? Georgia State. Uh, BYU game was close. Uh, it was we should have won that game uh, because we were up with like 20 seconds left. Uh, I remember I was actually sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings when that happened and the pain 
on my face because I was with a bunch of Tennessee fans. We were all talking, having fun. We're like, we won a game. We were watching it, and it happened. It was silent, and we left. We didn't. Even, we got our food to go, and we went home. I was watching that game, and I was like, finally, Vanderbilt is not the only team in the state of Tennessee that loses to a nobody. Well, then we went to a bowl game and won. Crap. <laughs> totally <laughs> forgot about that. But, hey, you lost to Georgia State. We did. Well, what do you do? You think Texas A&M or Vanderbilt will win your game? Well, you want to wait, no, wait we'll, on we'll that go ahead and, and go to the other games? Keep going. Um, now, just so you guys know, it's the first week of the SEC, so we might not have that much to talk about. So we'll just go ahead and list the games. Lane Kiffin. His first game back in the SEC, head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. He opens his tenure at Ole Miss against Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators. Mm -hmm. Now, Dan Mullen himself, I saw him on a hot seat earlier, which that actually surprised me. Um, So, yeah, how well do you think Lane Kiffin is going to do at Ole Miss? At Old Miss, I think he'll do well, and I think he'll kind of bounce back because he had a great one season at Tennessee, then went Alabama, went all these places. I think his spot at Old Miss is one of those ones where he can actually build his own dynasty there if he really wants to, because he'll be, he'll be playing against you know Alabama, Auburn, those teams every single year. He can build himself up from that, bring people in. And instead of having, oh, you know, the usual Alabama, Auburn, Texas A&M, you have Ole Miss in there now, like how it used to be. I think this week, I don't think they're going to win. I think Florida's just too powerful when it comes to this. And now it is at Ole Miss, um, but I think Florida will go in there and win. It may be a close-ish game, but I don't think it's going to be a close, like super, super close game. One thing I'm looking forward to seeing is – Old Miss had those Carolina blue helmets. Mm-hmm. Now they're debuting Carolina blue jerseys that they'll be wearing Saturday. So that'll be interesting to see. I know it has nothing to do with nothing to do with the game, so I just threw that out there. When it comes to Lane Kiffin, do you think he can do you think he will be the first former Nick Saban assistant to beat Nick Saban? No. Not this year, no. Um, not next year or the year after. I think it's one of those things where he's going to have to build up his team first because he's le- – who was there before Lane Kiffin was? I can't remember his name. I oh, see um, my... he's, he's at uh, Georgia now, I'm pretty sure. Matt Luke. Okay, yeah. Matt Luke. He's taking over Matt Luke's team. I don't know how much he has to work with. And he's going to have to build his own team to fit what he likes to do because uh, – you know, Matt Luke and Lane Kiffin are two entirely different people. Uh, he's got his own offense he likes to run, and those players that he has right now may not fit that very well. I think he'll go out this fall if he can due to COVID, probably not, uh, pick up some recruits that fit what he wants to run, and then he'll have a team where he can do whatever he wants with it. Uh, but I don't think it'll be for another two, three years until he does beat Alabama, if he does beat Alabama. So that's the University of Mississippi. Now let's go to the other Mississippi school and talk about Mississippi State. Mm 
they get rid of Joe Moorhead, and they bring in um, probably one of the weirdest coaches in the history of college football, Mike Leach from Washington State. I love Mike Leach. I love Mike Leach. Isn't he the guy that believes in aliens? Probably. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, There's a chance that it's probably him. His first game as an SEC head coach is against the defending national champion, LSU Tigers. Now, LSU, they lose Joe Burrow. They lose Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So many of their star players from that national championship team are gone. Now, because of COVID, you have players opting out. One of the players that opted out for LSU is the number one wide receiver in the country, Jamar Chase. He announced that he's done for the season. He's not coming back to LSU. He's going to prepare for the NFL draft next year. Do you think LSU will be the same LSU team we saw last year? Now, do you know who their quarterback is for this year? No. I cannot remember what his name is. Uh, I think... This will kind of be a tune-up game. Mississippi State is going to be one of the worst teams in the SEC this year. At least they're not playing like a Kentucky, you know, like a Missouri. I think Missouri is going to be better than what people say. Um, I know you disagree with that. But I think this game will kind of be one of those ones where they can work on whatever they need to work on. Have their, They have their new players. They can kind of test out against an SEC opponent. I don't think it will be close. I know you're kind of thinking it may be just slightly, uh, just because they don't have Burrow, they don't have Edward Tulare, they don't have anyone like that. I don't think this game's going to be close at all. Now, um, like I mentioned, we don't really have much to go off of when it comes to these SEC teams. So now, if you're ready, we'll move on to our helmet-to-helmet game of the week. The Auburn Tigers hosting uh, the number 8 Auburn Tigers, I should say, uh, hosting the number 23 Kentucky Wildcats. Mm-hmm. That I think this is going to be my one for this week that I think the underdog will win. I think Kentucky has this one. Even though it is at Auburn, I think Kentucky is very good. I love what they're building there. They almost beat Tennessee last year. I think they'll go into Auburn... Auburn kind of, they're kind of expecting it, but it will be more than what they're expecting, and I think Kentucky will probably win by, you know, it'll be a close game, but I think Auburn or Kentucky will win. How about you? I love Auburn. I love what Gus Malzahn's doing there. They have a fantastic head coach, or quarterback, I should say. Um, Don't really know much. I don't know how strong their line's going to be this year, Um, but if they can, uh, if Bo Nix can play as well as he played last year. I think they'll be completely fine, in my opinion. Uh, So you got Kentucky. I'm going to go Auburn Mm -hmm. in a very close game. I'll say possibly by a field goal late. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I got Auburn. Gotcha. Well, do you want to go down the games? So we'll we'll, we'll end with Vanderbilt and Tennessee. Uh, Let's end with Vanderbilt. So we'll do Tennessee before (laughs) Vanderbilt. Um Mississippi State LSU. LSU. 100%. I, I, I completely agree. 100% with that one. Um, I think Mississippi State will keep it close probably 
early into the third? I say the first quarter. It'll be close. Maybe a 7 nothing, only because Mississippi State gets the ball first and scores first, and then it won't be close after that. All right, so we both have LSU. Moving down, Lane Kiffin versus Dan Mullen, Ole Miss, Florida. Florida. I mean, it's one of those ones where I think all these games this week, I have a definite team on who I think is going to win. Last week I was kind of iffy on a couple. This week I think I have the teams that I genuinely feel they will win. Uh, like Florida I think will go in there and keep it, Ole Miss will keep it a little bit close you know, because Lane Kiffin tends to do that. But I think Florida will win that one by a couple, a couple touchdowns. If it was at Florida, if there were fans, it wouldn't be close at all. It would not be close. No. It's at Ole Miss. There will be fans, but not a lot of fans. I think they're at 20%. Just like what you just mentioned, I'm going with Florida. Uh, Lane Kiffin will keep it close, again, like you mentioned. But I just think that Florida's offense is a lot stronger. Like you, like we said a little bit ago, we have no idea how Ole Miss is going to look with a new head coach, but players that have been there before, uh, it's probably going to be a completely different style of play. Florida, their players know what they're running. Dan Mullen knows how to coach extremely well, and he's proven it the past few years. Um, did you, I forgot, you said in a close game, no, a couple touchdowns. I'd uh, say it'd be a two touchdown win. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say probably by 17, in my opinion. Gotcha. Okay. Well, let's do Tennessee, South Carolina then. Take it away, now, here, here, you go ahead because I'm a Tennessee fan, so mine's probably going to be biased, but go ahead. Okay. Um, South Carolina uh, haven't really been that great over the past couple years. They've been good. Um Tennessee, they look good on paper, but um, bias don't. I hope they're not that great against South Carolina. <laughs> I know their entire offensive line is five stars. They probably have one four star in there. Uh, Garantano can't really trust him because he is, he's somewhat injury prone. He's been he got hurt a couple of times last year. Uh, who's their backup? It depends. It can either be Brian Maurer uh, or Harrison Bailey, one of the two. Harrison Bailey is a five star. We just got. Um, I apologize to all of my family for saying this. Um, I am picking Tennessee. Yes. Well, I'm not going to return the favor when it comes to the Vanderbilt. Oh, I, I, know, I, know, I know you're not. Um, I am picking Tennessee, but I'm going to say that South Carolina's going to keep it close, probably Tennessee by 10. We, that game is always close, no matter which team is better. That South Carolina-Tennessee game is always super close. No, Even if it's actually uh, – if it's in Tennessee, it tends to get a little bit away if Tennessee wins. But at South Carolina, that's always a super close game. Um I think Tennessee will win that game, uh, of course. Uh, but I think it'll probably be a uh, 31-24 game, something like that. I think it'll be a close one, somewhat of a little bit of defense, uh, not nearly as much as what you'd expect. But uh, 31-24, I think, is what I'm going to go with. 
Here we go. The moment you've all been waiting for. Oh, this will be quick. <sighs> go ahead. Texas A&M Vanderbilt. I'm going to let you pick first, and then um, I'm going to vent again okay. for a little bit, then I'll get my pick. Texas A&M. There's no chance. Maybe, maybe Vanderbilt scores a touchdown. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I think it's going to be like a 50-something to – Seven, fifty-something to ten, something like that. Go ahead. That's all I have because I don't know much about Vanderbilt. All I know is that they have Derek Mason and they've been quite terrible, and they lost Lipscomb. So <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned Lipscomb because that's exactly what I was about to talk about. <laughs> Poor Derek Mason. You had you had three of the best players in the SEC last year. Keyshawn Vaughn at running back, Kalijah Lipscomb at receiver, and Jared Pinckney at tight end. Three totally different positions, and you butchered it. There is a reason Keyshawn Vaughn was the only player at Vanderbilt to get drafted last year, Mm -hmm. and he went third round to Tampa. Mm -hmm. If Derek Mason played those three extremely well, probably better than people would thought he would have played him, every single one of those guys would have gone within the first three or four rounds. I think Easy. I think it's one of those scheme things, though. I think it's they have to. It's a scheme fit. I don't know if Lips or if Vanderbilt had that scheme fit for all of them. Just and, the way that Derek Mason liked to play offense. And then you had a quarterback in Riley Neal. Butchered him. He, I know he came from Ball State, but he went off at Ball State. He came in, and Vanderbilt fans were so excited to have him. We thought, oh, finally we know what we're doing when it comes to offense. But no, not even close. Um, I don't know why I'm delaying this. Texas A&M. Yeah, I don't know why you were delaying Texas A&M. I'm going to be wearing my black and gold on Saturday. Um, I'll be watching the game at 6.30, so I'll have the entire day to get ready. If it was an 11 a.m., I'd be like, good grief. Wear, wear black for the funeral. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, well, Jason, SEC football is back. We'll have a full recap of all uh, my high school games for this week, uh, plus a little bit more. And then we'll go into recaps of SEC football uh, next week. So this has been episode two of Helmet to Helmet. For Jason Southall, I'm Connor Owens. We will see you guys next week. Up next, we have the drawing board. Welcome back to the drawing board. This is the part of the show where we break down professional sports for the week. I'm Gracie Simpson here with Sam Phelan. Now, if you're listening to this right now, you must know that Sam Phelan here is a podcast king. Myself, on the other hand, I am a rookie. Now, speaking of rookies, Sam, we must talk about Tyler Hero in the game last night. We got to. Tyler. Tyler's our hero. Gracie might blush a little bit, though, if we start talking about Tyler Hero. That's Gracie's not- already blushing thinking about Tyler Hero. I mean, Why? he that is my guy. That is my guy. I'm a huge Kentucky fan, first of all. So I've always followed him, okay? Always been obsessed. Now, I mean, 37 points last night, unbelievable. No, the, yeah, the kid's incredible. He, like, just literally 20 years old, 
which is kind of the remarkable thing about it. Um, it's kind of been incredible to see the NBA as a whole, the wave of youth that has really taken over the NBA and the fact that you're dealing with Celtics, Heath, and two teams battling on like one of the biggest stages in all of basketball. And you've got Jason Tatum and Tyler Hero showing out and ju just some of these guys who are going to be around for a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, Hero, Hero played his heart out. And I think that's been the story for the Heat. We, we talked about it last week, but just the depth that they have and people stepping up in the leadership, uh, quite impressive yet again. Right. It's a new guy every night. And we see that. I mean, last night, Tyler Hero had a huge night. We saw that. of Jimmy Butler and Drochit. I always say his last name wrong. What is it? Please. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> whatever anyone wants to say. That'll get you. <laughs> but they they both also came up big um so yeah Miami's now leading the series three to one um one more game coming up this weekend um so it's going to be exciting for sure yeah it's it's interesting situation really tough for Celtics fans at this point like they've lost so many close games I saw a tweet uh on the uh, on the Twitter world the other day where people were saying if these games were like a minute longer, the Celtics would probably win. Like they might be 3-1 Boston right now, but they just keep running right. out of time at the wrong times or Miami hits a big shot late. Um, but they've, they've seemed to have the chemistry. I was a little bit worried. Uh, Celtics really showed out in game three, uh, winning that one pretty, uh, pretty decidingly. Um, it looked like they had their stuff together. The big question mark was whether or not they would – have that team chemistry, what that locker room was like, and just where the team was at a whole, as a whole. And they, uh, I mean, they came out and showed that they were they were here and they were still in the series. But Miami just might be too much to handle. Absolutely. What also Tatum absolutely scoreless in the first half. Didn't score his first points until the third quarter. What do you think about that? I, I mean, what jumps out to me there is the fact that he finished as their leading scorer with twenty eight. Um, exactly. without scoring in the first quarter that just shows the kind of explosive like prolific score that Jason Tatum has established himself as being um, kind of saw a little bit of a different trend with the Celtics winning the third quarter uh, really coming back in the third quarter that's kind of been Miami's thing for this whole series is uh is bouncing back late in the second half and right out of halftime but uh the Celtics did it and uh, weren't able to win the game, but they've got they got three ahead of them. It's not going to be easy, but they got their work cut out for them. Absolutely, yep. So as we said, Miami leads the series three to one. That game's this weekend, so be looking forward to that game. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of things, uh, Jamal Murray absolutely went off against the Lakers. Um, he has really established himself as kind of a superstar here for the Nuggets in the bubble. Um, he had 28 points and 12 assists, eight rebounds. The Nuggets defeated the Lakers, uh, made that series two to one after almost winning game two. Anthony Davis's buzzer beater was the difference in that one. And then, uh, yeah, that was pretty special too. A thoughts on Anthony Davis, uh, him hitting that shot and his future with the Lakers. See, I got Kentucky guys all over the board here. We got Jamal Murray. We got Anthony Davis. Yeah. Bam. Tyler Hero, they're everywhere. So I feel like a little bit biased to each of the players. Um, <laughs> but yes, that shot was unbelievable. I thought 
See, I, I said last week um, that Nuggets would take this series. Obviously, maybe I was kind of hurting hurting myself a little bit when I said that, but well, you never know. Hey, kind of just kind of went for it, but after that game or towards the end of that game, I was like, hey, this is going to be a series. Then Anthony Davis hit that yeah hit that game winner, and I was like, oh, maybe it won't be. Um, a huge shot, but the the story too. Like, talk about he kind of bailed LeBron out a little bit. I know most people aren't really ready for that conversation, but LeBron was pretty non-existent late in that game, and um, AD putting up 31 points there kind of uh, kind of saved his butt a little bit. And uh, Nuggets looking to even that series up. That'll be later tonight. Uh, by the time this drops, that game will always be over. So. Uh, that game will be over already, so quick prediction for that one for you. I'm taking the Nuggets on that one. Ooh, I like I think, it. I think they got the momentum going into this game. I think um, Lakers were looking a little bit messy towards the end of this last game, so I think that the Nuggets are going to come out on fire tonight. Um, obviously, when you're listening to this, you're going to know the answer, so maybe I'm going to look like an idiot, but who knows? Well, if you're an idiot, I'm an idiot. I'll go ahead and double down with you here. I'll, I'll take the Nuggets, too. I think one of these series is just bound to go seven. I think it, it's too good television right now for it not to. Um, Absolutely. And with Miami kind of doing what they've done and showing the type of control and leadership that they've had, I'd like this Lakers-Nuggets series to go down to the wire. Like you said, if that Anthony Davis shot rims out or something, we're talking about a much different series right now. Right. Um, so they're looking to stay hot, looking to tie that up. Uh, that's the NBA action for you, and it'll be a fun weekend, maybe a finals matchup determined by the next time you hear from us. Um, we're now, we're going to segue now. We're going to look at a little first-time segment here we've got going on. This is going to be our, uh, our guarantees. This is a big three guarantees for this weekend. Gracie and I each going to go ahead – give you guys three things that we guarantee you will happen in sports for the next time that you hear from us. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, Gracie, you start us off. Give me your three. All right. Just talked about it, but I'm going to say it again. This is my number three nuggets beat the Lakers tonight to tie the series two to two. Again, you're going to know if I'm an idiot or not when you're listening to this, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm taking. That's my guarantee. Um, like I said, Lakers look like a mess. I think the Nuggets are going to come in with the momentum, get them in game two, tie the series, and I think it's going to be um, awesome from there. Number two, I'm taking um, Miami winning game four, going to the finals. I think that um, no question about that. I don't know why I'm so confident in that, but I think the Heat have just been playing out of their minds. Um, we've said it a bunch, but a new guy every night. Um, they've got all the momentum right now. So, I mean, it's not going to be an easy game. Celtics are going to come out. Um, they know they know that it's do or die at this point. So, not going to be an easy game, but I'm taking the heat on that one. Number one, Cowboys beating the Seahawks. Um, I think Russell Wilson is looking phenomenal right now. I would argue to say – he might be the MVP in the NFL. So yeah, yeah, I would argue to say maybe the best-looking quarterback, um, at least so far right now. Um, but Russell Wilson cannot play defense. Um, and so, so I'm saying the Cowboys' offense is just too dominant, too diverse um, for this Seahawks' defense. So I'm taking the Cowboys 
going to be a high-scoring game, but I'm saying Cowboys defeat the Seahawks. Yeah, quick Cowboys thing. I, we talked about it a little bit last week, but we talk about the Cowboys and the Falcons. We said they were literally the exact same team. I'm not sure yep. you could get a more Cowboys-Falcons game than 40-39 to 39 with a exactly. big collapse and a last-second field goal. Um, we did. We nailed that, didn't we? We absolutely nailed it. Yeah, I mean, in the words of a very famous man, uh, head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs one time, they are exactly who we thought they were, referring, <laughs> of course, to the Chicago Bears. Uh, switch <laughs> over, I guarantee here. Uh, I'm going number three. Uh, you mentioned it. I'm going to re-mention it. I think it's just too big of a thing. I'm taking Miami Heat. Uh, to win game five, go to the NBA finals. Biggest thing with this team is just like their resilience, the story around this team. Like you said, uh, the Celtics are going to come knowing that their back is against the wall, knowing that they have to win this to advance. My favorite thing about this Heat team is that they never get complacent. They're always looking to get ahead, stay ahead, get further ahead. Um, I think that goes a lot to the leadership of Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic on this team, some of the veterans that are over there, Andre Iguodala being one of them as well. Um, but I just – it really sticks out to me that their their leadership, the, the kind of culture that they're building there, um, working hard, even up 3-1 in the series, it's not over yet. There's still five more games to win to get that ring. I don't think that they will settle until they've got it. Um, so I'm going to take them to put them away early. I think they're going to be too much. Miami wins game five. Um, number two, Monday night football. The Baltimore Ravens will beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night football. You heard it here first. Bold prediction, Sam Phelan. Bold prediction. Look, I know they're the Super Bowl champions. I know <laughs> they have Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback on the planet. I know they have Andy <laughs> Reid. But they almost got beat by the Chargers. They almost hey. To the Chargers with Justin Herbert. The Chargers punctured the lung of their own quarterback. Yep. 10 minutes before the game, threw a backup in and almost beat the Chiefs. They're a great team. They're a Super Bowl favorite still, probably the favorite in the AFC, but the Ravens are cooking right now. Lamar's yep. going to do this thing. They're at home. Ravens going to win. I home. like it. I like that guarantee. Number one. A little bit low-key, but we're going to go with the Miami Marlins staying in Miami, and they are going to make the playoffs for the first time since 2003, the longest active drought of any professional major four pro sport franchise. Um, The Marlins have made the playoffs twice since they became a franchise. They've only made the playoffs twice in the history of their team. Both times they made the playoffs, they won the World Series. I don't think they win the World Series this year. But <laughs> I was I'm, going say. To, I'm going to take them to make the playoffs. You know, <laughs> the weird thing about the Marlins, if you really know like their team history, every year that um, they're not trying to contend, they manage to contend, and when they do go all out, they end up being really bad. It's just a weird, funky thing, and what, like, 2020 would be the year that they that they get in they currently have a half game lead over the second place position in the NL East with the new major league baseball format the top two teams in every division get into the playoffs so uh, they have to keep that half game lead over the Phillies in order to get in the Marlins have four games remaining 
all of them are at Yankee Stadium facing a New York Yankees team that is red hot. Um, so it's going to be tough. The Phillies themselves, though, have to deal with the best team in the American League and the Tampa Bay Rays if they're going to want to uh, pass up the Marlins and get into that spot. Uh, Pedro Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, some of the better pitchers for the Marlins are going at the beginning of that series. I just believe in this team. I believe in, in like the, the crazy wacky thing that we've got going in baseball and all sports right now in 2020. I think it'd be a fun story for some of baseball's fans to have a different team like this, make it into the postseason and just see what happens. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's going to be my guarantee. I, I, I think the, uh, the Phillies bullpen too, talking about that real quick has just been atrocious all year. They haven't been able to hold the lead. It's kind of been one of the craziest stories of the on-field action for most of uh, 2020 baseball. Um, and when a team can't finish, you can't win down the stretch. You can't contend in a pennant race. So I don't think the Phillies get it done. Miami to the playoffs is my guarantee. There you go. All right. That I like it. All we've got for you. We're going to check in. I mean, next week, we'll know. We might go 0 for 6. Like, yep. You'll all know. You will all know if we're idiots or not. I'm not telling you to bet any money on it. So, I mean, don't be mad if it doesn't work out. But this is what we're saying. So, next hey, week. We're, we're guaranteeing it. We're guaranteeing. Guarantees, though. That's a big word. So, we're going to recap our guarantees next week. We'll have an NFL recap as well. And, of course, look forward to the rest of the conference finals in NBA. Uh, as well as next week, Major League Baseball will be starting the playoffs, so we'll have a preview of some of the matchups and some of the crazy things that could be going on there. Uh, this is Sam Phelan, Gracie Simpson. This is The Drawing Board. We'll see you next time.